It's time for Real Estate Roundup. This is the time every single week we get together with noted real estate agent Terry Story. Terry is a 29-year veteran with Keller Williams located in Boca Raton, Florida. Welcome back to the show, Terry. Thanks for having me, Steve. You know, my favorite part of the show is when we do what we call the Real Estate Survival Guide. And here we go. I'm going to ask you a question that was asked in Sun Sentinel some time ago. It is, my wife and I cannot get a mortgage because we don't have enough for a down payment and the bank won't qualify us. My wife's parents have offered to lend us the money for a down payment. If we accept a loan from them, what are some things we should be aware of? Aha, the bank of mom and dad. (laughs) You know, I'm seeing this more and more. I'm dealing with a lot of millennials. My daughter's 24 years old, and she's got friends purchasing homes. They're starting to purchase homes. And honestly, mom and dad really have to step up because houses are expensive. Yeah. And they have to put hefty down payments to afford the monthly payment. So here's some advantages. And you do absolutely need to consult your accountant, financial advisor, but it could actually be construed as, or it can tag the gift tax. So you want to make sure that you do it properly. Yeah. Let me, let me just interject real quickly. If you're going to be giving money to kids, you want to make sure that it's given in the form of a loan, not as an outright gift. That's correct. That's that's what you're saying. The kids you know, by doing it properly, the kids are able to deduct the interest on their taxes. And, you know, mom and dad get to avoid tax issues by getting a small return on their investment. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not a bad deal. Here's what's really important. When you do this, you want it in writing because you could run into inheritance issues should someone in the transaction die. And the loan really should be written up on a standard Fannie Mae template and registered to the proper authorities. Also, Under the Federal Housing Administration guidelines, it's possible that you can borrow the down payment and still qualify for a mortgage. But although it's a promissory note, it needs to go through the underwriting process. Yes. So you would think that if the buyer didn't have enough for down payment and they had to borrow the money from mom and dad, that the bank itself would go, hey, you know, there's really not, there's not enough equity in this deal because we've got two loans. We're going to have the mortgage, and then we're going to have the second loan from mom and dad. But you're saying that they are recognizing the second loan. Yeah, because it's all about the debt-to-income ratio. So if you you know, have a good earning, and all you're missing is just down payment money, Yeah, I see it all the time. And honestly, what I see in my marketplace, I'm seeing parents put down as much as 50%. Wow. Whoa. Like hefty down payments. Yeah. I guess it's wedding gifts. All right, let's move on to the next one. My neighbor's tree is ruining my yard. What can I do? We live in a community with small lots. My neighbor has a huge tree sitting three feet from my property line that blocks the morning sun and sheds leaves constantly, making my yard look horrible and stopping the lawn from filling in. What are my options? Well, first of all, there's not a whole lot you can do about the sun being blocked, but you do have some rights. You know, at your expense, you're able to trim the branches on your side, Mm -hmm. but you also have to be very careful because if you start whacking at this tree and you cut too much, you could kill the tree. Mm -hmm. So I would be very careful with that. Now, really, the first thing you should do is talk to the neighbor about it. Talk to your neighbor. Talk (laughs) to your neighbor. Is that too obvious? (laughs) Well, you know, people don't do that these days. Right. I would highly encourage talking to the neighbor first. Yeah. You know, it's just like say to the person, you know, switch it around. Say, if I had a tree and it was doing to your yard what it's doing to mine, you know, you would probably be upset and you'd want to fix it. Can we work together on this? 
Right. And interestingly enough, if you check with your city, there may be some ordinances against that type of tree. Mm -hmm. There may be. Well, like if it's mangoes. <laughs> and they're yeah, dropping into your droppings all oh over my, your front yard. Yeah, you don't want that. <laughs> That's right, exactly. So there may be some rules that you might find out that hey, my neighbor's tree is an illegal tree. Mm, okay. Now there are some rules depending on the neighborhood. You know, if you've got trees t totally blocking your view from the lake, depending on your homeowner association, so you might want to check with the association yeah, as well. Yeah. Okay. So talk to the neighbor first. Go to the association second, check the law. Check the city. <laughs> and I guess if you're going to cut back seriously, get an arborist to come in and so you don't kill the tree. Right. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> a common question that comes up concerns the responsibility of a seller or the listing agent to provide information regarding an, an inspection report that was ordered by a third party, you know, previously interested buyer. Yeah, this is an interesting situation because we see this all the time. So a deal falls apart, seller puts a house back on the market, and next buyers will always want to know, well, why did it fall apart? And there may not really be any specific reason because buyers, for the most part, have a certain amount of days during an inspection period to walk for almost any reason. But the real question is, does the seller have an obligation to reveal what was on that report? Yes and no. The seller has an obligation. There's a, a Supreme Court decision, Johnson versus Davis, that seller must disclose all facts that materially affect the value of the property. Now, there's some very gray areas. For example, if the report show there are a couple of cracked tile versus the report showing that there's a huge leak and the, the roof is about to collapse, there's a difference. The seller would have an obligation to disclose that. And here's something else that's really important. As realtors, if we have knowledge of this, we have an obligation yeah. to disclose as well. So there is a fine line. You just have to know what the items are. And in my mind, if there's any question, you must disclose. Okay. So this is all disclosed and you've got a problem with the roof. There's a leak. You go to the seller and you say, you say what? Tell me your experience. Well, okay. So then the next thing is, so you know, there's a leak. You're going to purchase the house, you have three choices. And this is, you know, assume you've already gotten a contract together. You can ask the seller to fix the repair, mm -hmm. walk from the deal, or work out a credit. Okay. So those, those are your basic but three you choices. But you have to be sure to submit your request in writing? Absolutely. And, and this goes into a whole nother conversation. What's really important is there is a time limit. And even though our contracts are as is with right to inspect, you have to do everything in a timely manner. So if you say to the seller, Mr. Seller, fix this repair, but you don't have it in writing, you're putting yourself in jeopardy. Yeah, yeah. And then the seller isn't obligated to fix it. Right. And if you decide you want it out of the contract, you might be too late. So it's very important that you put it in writing what your intentions are. Mr. Seller, make this repair. And if you don't you know, agree to this by five o'clock, then you still reserve the rights to cancel the contract. Yeah. A lot of people get in trouble by not doing the contract properly, the addendum. Yeah. So many um, pitfalls in there. Well, what this represents to me is that buying a home, while it on the surface may, may seem, you know, pretty simple to do, there are some complications. You have to be careful. And it is wise, you know, in these kinds of situations to hire a professional. The professional in this case this is going to sound like a commercial, but I don't mean it. To. I really don't mean it to. But Terry is a 29-year-old 29 29 year veteran. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. 
Terry is a 29-year veteran with Keller Williams located in Boca Raton, and she can be found at terrystory.com. And don't forget to hear this again and to hear all of our segments, a vast a swath of things <laughs> about money. Don't forget to go to stevepomerantz.com. Thanks a lot, Terry. Thanks for having me, Steve.